dreadful. Yeah, we're not going to try to make you answer that question we and would put never yourself in danger. Ever. As Nate's about to try to some fucking scumbaggy, loopholy, bullshit way do, you don't have to answer it. What up, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. I'm Nate. Joining me as always, my brother Zach. Fuck your Mormon! And we are reading Storm of Swords. Fuck your Mormon! If you have joined us before, thank you for coming back. Fuck your Mormon! If you have not been here before, fuck your Mormon. We are full spoiler. This is your warning at the top of the show. If you don't mind spoilers, stick around, but we do like to discuss all the events of the books congruently and discuss theories about them. Last episode, we were reading John 1, Fuck your Mormon, and right, John. So... We'll put a quick hold on the fuck Jorah Mormon. Uh, I get don't know if John. I can. All right, then you. Sh- we joined John for his first chapter of Storm Swords, where he was meeting up with the the wildlings. Yeah. He was entering into Mansurator's cape, uh, cape, cape, his camp. Get under here, well, John. I'm just, just excited because he has such a cool story about his cape. It's he stuck was in my head. yeah, he was traveling through the wildling camp and realized these are normal people. It's no different than his own. They're preparing. Uh, he does notice that they're preparing weaponry to fight his brothers, but. He meets Mance Raider, mistaking first uh, the Magnar of Thens for him, but yeah. that Stig. wasn't Stig. Stig, the Magnar of Then. And was introduced to Tormund and Vala and da- uh, Val and Dala, and Mance Raider himself, the king beyond the wall, who, goddamn, Mance Raider is just fucking awesome. Yeah. He's our modern-day Rhaegar, motherfucker. It was a sick-ass fucking meeting. Yeah, Rhaegar, Rhaegar basically asked John you why. Him Rhaegar. Fuck! Damn it! I did. <laughs> Mance asked John why we why would you want to turn your cloak? And John asks for Mance's reason first. And Mance basically says, you know, I wanted the choice to be free, and a woman repaired my cloak with her greatest treasure. And they said that that was wrong. Magic silk from a shy, by the way. Right. Just, just and that John then twisting uh, Mance's story about having been at Bobby B's feast. Asked him if he noticed where the bastard was seated at that feast, and Mance understood then the resentment John was holding, being a bastard, and offered his hand and said, "We need to get you a new cloak." Which was a very good moment for John to be able to use that resentment that is there, but turn it towards this direction to get an in. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out that you, you you're a firm believer that Rhaegar is Mance. Yeah. No. No, no, no. I'm gonna just throw out the the rubies are a big s- signifier of magic. Yeah, and you know, and forgetting the the crazy theory. Can we address why did you th- why did you think I thought that? I don't know. You, I thought you always like. I'm about... I'm okay if like Rhaegar's alive. Like I, I buy into that theory a bit, but like I th- never I Mance. Know. No, Mance is doing. His, I fucking love. I just think Mance is our current generation's version of Rhaegar. It, he he so, doesn't want to fight. My main thing is, do you think that... Well, I suppose we see him without his cloak on. I was going to say, do you think we see... This is the actual Mance, but I suppose he would have to always be wearing that cloak for that little right. thing to Glamour. wander home. So, yeah. Uh, never mind. Yeah. But, no, I... I don't either think that I think Mance is his own badass character. And yeah, I think he's be a, a view of people like Rhaegar that they can't exist in this world, but... Uh, and I think that's specifically why these chapters coincide. Yeah. Is we get a man's character and then we get I, talk of another character. I also similar. thought it was cool that we had that that character um, of Mance right after a Sansa chapter where 
we meet Marjorie and see that conniving side, but also the potential for a, you know, she's, she talks to the small folk and gets in with we them. We also see the way. importance of a cloak. And the importance of a cloak. Of a, yeah. of a gifted cloak. And so anyway. we are not reading the Mance chapter this episode. We are reading <laughs> Danny 1, Danny's first chapter of A Storm of Swords. Last we left Danny in A Clash of Kings, she was in Karth. And was at first received warmly as the mother of dragons, meeting Zarazo and Doxus, Payat Pri of the Warlocks, and Karth, uh, all three of which were of the 13 of Karth. And she ended up going and visiting everyone, asking for aid, which was denied her unless she basically traded the dragon, which fuck that. Yeah, which led her finally to going to the warlocks, who basically tried to steal the dragon, yep. and she burned it down. Oh, fuck yeah, fuck she did. them all. Crazy, crazy visions, wild visions, and prophecies. That which still stick we with break her. down and go listen to those episodes if you want to hear them. And they still stick with her, and we'll dis- be discussing some some of them. Yeah, this chapter, so but... basically, she goes down to the docks, preparing to leave, trying to find a ship that will take dragons when she is. Uh, she has an attempted assassination yeah, by... Yeah, the, the warlocks hired a sorrowful man to yeah. try to kill her, and it fails thanks to Arston Whitebeard. Barry the Bold. Barry the Bold and Strong Belwas. Who... Strong Belwas, let's be honest, at this point hadn't done shit. All right, you need to relax. Nope, I'm, I'm putting a firm fucking stance, drawing a line in the sand here. Belwas hadn't done shit yet. Not shit. Belwas won't draw a line in the sand. He'll draw a line on his belly. So oh, fuck and I'll you. cut his belly. Come on, come at me, come at me, Belwas. You ain't shit. I'll cut his gut. So, they were sent by Illyrio Mopatis with three ships to bring her to Pentos because Illyrio would like to speak to her. Yeah. And so Danny now has her ships. Demands they be renamed to Dragons, and they set sail. And this is where we pick up with Danny one. Yeah. So also, you pretty much just described half of this chapter, because this is her first chapter. It's basically a, a lot of recap stuff, a lot of things that are were covered in Clash of Kings. And so I think we can kind of rehash that stuff a little bit, but oh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't need to be too detailed yeah, as we covered that as well. A lot of rehashing, but she is standing aboard the ship Balerion, watching her dragons chase each other across a clear blue sky, and Danny is as happy as she can ever remember being. Yeah, so she she takes a few moments to think about how the Dothraki are not doing well here at sea. Poor Dothraki. Uh, reminding us that they think that any water that you can't drink, that your horse can't drink, is poison water. It's fucking nasty, nasty business, yeah. and it's death. And yet they're, they're here. Yeah. Um, the day they had left, her blood riders and handmaidens had watched the shore fade away from sight with wide white eyes. Though most of her Kalisar preferred to stay below and not get a view of the open, endless sea around them. Right. As that's a little too much for them. Yep. So six days in, a squall enveloped them, and her Dothraki were having a These rough time fox. of that. Poor and fucking people. Most of them were sending up muttered prayers for just Jesus. But she ain't having no problems with it. She's Daenerys motherfucking Stormborn, Duh. born during one of the most craziest motherfucking... Storms. Speaking of which, we should uh, give a shout out to anyone that's losing health, life, power, resources to the hurricanes that are going on that that. have been hitting pretty hard. So uh, Daenerys was hit pretty hard. I think it's interesting that she notes that the storm that was occurring that night ripped the gargoyles from the walls of Dragonstone. Dragonstone, we know, is said to be crafted to 
Defend against the uh, uh, like withstand, yeah. Storms, the, like that the way it, the stones fit together and everything. So the fact that this storm is ripping shit off, interesting. But she also had crossed the narrow sea dozens of times when she was running from Robert's hired assassins, the usurper's yeah. hired assassin. She loved the sea, the salty smell, the open horizon, the dolphins that swam beside them. And the sailors with their stories. Yeah, all of it. And so she even told Viserys once that she wouldn't wouldn't hate being a sailor. It'd be kind of fun. And who hasn't, like, we were just watching Muppet Treasure Island the other night again. Like, who doesn't want to be a fucking pirate every once in a while? I'm not necessarily fond of the ocean. I know for a fact that you wouldn't be doing that kind of business. But, like. No, yeah, fuck that. You know, it's fun to think about every now and then, and so he fucking beats her, basically. Yeah, he grabbed her thought. hair and twisted till she cried out and said, you are blood of the dragon, not some smelly fish. And she just thinks he was a fool about that and so much more. If he had chilled the fuck out, it might be him sailing to Westeros yeah. instead of me. So then she gets some nostalgic callback for him where she, she does recall that <clears throat> there were times when she was growing up that he was... He acted like a brother, right. not a rapist. Yeah. She missed the boy he was, not the man he became. And that's that's that. She she mourns for him, but not the fucking pretty piece of shit we saw in A Game of Thrones. The boy who was afraid and wh- running with his sister. Yeah. Telling his parents killi- killers as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she's kind of broken from her thoughts as the captain arrives and just... Starts BSing with yeah, him, basically. Yeah, he's basically apologizing that they're not moving faster. And Danny's like, yeah, it's, it's all good, man. And then she just sort of ruminates on the fact that she's just happy she finally won him over. Yeah. Because initially, he wasn't too fond of the idea of having three Which, dragons aboard his ship. If we, if you jumped straight from Clash into Storms from her chapter, Was the issue you she would was remember having she was Carth. having a lot of problems with that until uh, Barry the Bold showed up with... Illyrio's three boats for her. Yeah, so um, to pacify him, she had agreed to have them caged for a bit of their journey, but within a couple of days, she couldn't stand seeing how sad they yeah. were, so she freed them. And eventually, everyone came to be glad of that. There was one small fire, but it, but was, it was mainly when quickly, they were caged. Yeah, it was quickly extinguished, and then the dragons just started flying around the ships, and the crew and the sailors all began taking a strange sort of pride in them, calling them their dragons, and it became sort of the mascot of these ships now, and it's neat. It's cool how she's getting these followers just by having the dragons. Right. And so she does think, though, that, like, if if what the Magi had said, if Miri Mazdur was honest... Then these were the only children she were ever gonna have anyway. Yeah, and, mother uh, dragons. I just don't know that Miri was telling the fucking truth. Yeah, we'll find out. Viserion and Rhaegal are currently flying above the ship. She wish she's watching, soaring high above in circles, each trying to climb higher than the other. And should one get between the other and the sun, they would fold in their wings and dive screaming, and they would tumble from the sky, locked together, <laughs> jaws snapping, tails lashing. But it's all in sport. At first, she thought they meant to kill each other, but no sooner do they hit the waves than they break apart and rise steam coming off right. of them. It's the So I find it very reminiscent of early brand chapters back in Game of Thrones, I suppose, but more so early Clash, where he was watching Shaggy Dog and uh, Summer nipping yeah. and running around yeah, yeah. and stuff. They're, they're just dragons playing like the wolf pups do yeah. just biting and pl- you know they're they don't run around in the trees they fly up over the sky and this is the game they play drogon was flying as well 
though not in sight. He would be miles ahead or miles behind, hunting. And Danny thinks that he was always hungry, my little Drogon, and that he's growing fast. Already, he's about the size of a, a large dog, and so are the other two. But that's not that big, yeah, really. It's, it's deceiving, because they're just long and lanky. Yeah. They're very thin, they're light, they're And so it's going to be quite a while yet before any of them are able to bear any riders or carry much of anything. And so now, Wooden Canvas would have to bear her to where she needs to go. Yeah, and this is where we get why the captain is apologizing for their speed because she describes that right now the the canvas is letting her down because there's not been any fucking wind whatsoever for like the last six days and nights. And so they've just been going on the the oars, mainly from the other two ships that are towing this one because this one's so big and so fucking heavy and filled with people and and stuff. The other ones each have about 200 oars and it's it's rough. It's slow, yeah. So Jorah joins her, and he asks where Drogon is and begin talking of how big it is that dragons grow. And Jorah says that most, most of what know, is known of dragons comes from the Targaryen dragons, and they were bred for war. I like what he said right war. before that. Yeah. Uh, and then I but, didn't mean to cut off that in uh, sick line, but he does mention that before that, they know stuff from lore and that dragons have been known to get as big that they could just pluck Kraken from the sea. Fuck, that's a big dragon. Um, Do you think... I don't... Do you think any of them exist that are that big or do you think we'll see remnants, skulls of something that massive? Are you asking currently? Yeah. Like, 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 are there any currently alive? Hidden... Somewhere or um, I mean, there's rumors. You got to read Fire and Blood that some of the dragons were lost during the Dance of Dragons, and quite a few of them are thought to be somewhere and growing quite large. Uh, I believe there's one that may be around the Eerie. Um, if rumors are to be believed, Dragonstone and Winterfell may perhaps contain their own dragon. Who knows right. how big? Balerion. I mean, as will be stated. Balerion was one of those that was big, pro- big enough yeah, to yeah. pluck a fucking dragon or a kraken. He was that big? I would believe so. I, like, I mean, I, 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 yeah, he was. He was a fucking monster. Balerion was the enormous. Black dread, yeah, I mean, he was and I think there's certainly dragons that were bigger. And that's but... the ones that I technically was thinking that he was referencing more. Those like fucking legendary. Well, status, I mean that like, like that's gonna be fucking world ending right, to come fight true. the others. Here comes Rhaegar as cold hands. Fucking dun 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 dun. Like so that yeah that I think is crazy. But I think there's potential for Drogon to get this big and. There but could yeah. potentially be another one kicking out there yeah. somewhere. But as you huge. mentioned, Jorah does bring up the fact that what they actually know is mainly from the Targaryen history and that they were used in war and died in war, so they didn't get the chance to live out a full life. But this is when Arston Whitebeard, Barry the Bold, jumps in. Barry the Badass Bold. And says that Balerion, the Black Dread, was 200 years old when he died in... Uh, the year of one of the Targaryens. What, uh, uh, Jaehaerys? Jaehaerys, the conciliator, mm-hmm. yeah. And that the dragons never stop growing so long as they have the food and the freedom necessary. Yeah. And Danny's like, um, what's that about freedom? Yeah, and so he goes into a detailed description of the dragon pits in yeah. King's Landing and how they were used to keep them caged and that it was a big cavernous place, but they noticed that the ones that stayed in there frequently didn't 
didn't yeah. grow beyond a certain size. And the maesters, he said, the maesters believe that none of the dragons grew as large as their ancestors because of the walls and roofs that contained them. And Jorah snorts. <sighs> Jorah snorts and says, if walls could make us small, peasants would be tiny and kings giants. And Barristan comes right back at him. Men are men. Dragons are fucking dragons, bro. Shut the fuck up. Uh, Jorah, in what world is that not the way it works in Westeros? No shit. The small folk are tiny. Right. And the kings are giants who step all over them. That's how oblivious he is. And that's what King's Landing exactly is, is these walls make these pet Like, it's the control. We just saw that with Blackwater. Right. That these walls make the small folk tiny. Joffrey's shooting them with crossbows. Right. While His own citizens. He stands on the walls, looming over them like a giant. Fuck you, Jorah. You're wrong. Always wrong. This men are men. Time. Dragons are dragons. Fuck you. Barry won Jorah nothing. Yeah, so Jorah's going to basically just sit here contesting everything. Danny digresses that like he hasn't liked Bar- uh, Arston Whitebeard yeah. since they met. Right. Like, and he's made that clear. So Jorah, yeah, asks Whitebeard what he would even know of dragons. Any- what would you know anyway? And Arson's like, little, but I did walk the halls of the Red Keep and look at the dragon skulls that hung there. And Danny, bless her heart, is like, ooh, I've heard of those. Aceris used to talk of them. And she then asks Whitebeard if he ever had the pleasure of meeting her father, King Ares II. And asks like, if he was ugh. gentle and kind. And Barrison's like, mm-hmm. you know, I... You know, I knew the guy. He was all right. And she's like, oh, you can speak freely. And he says, "Eh, he was harsh to those he deemed enemy. And she says, well, then perhaps certain people shouldn't make enemies of kings. But then she says, did you meet my brother Rhaegar? So before that, uh, a few things I wanted to bring up. One will be about Jorah, who I want to mention is our Theon of the episode. Uh, Maybe we need to start doing one of those. We'll have our fucking inductee and then our Theon of the episode. Um, no, I don't want to draw a spotlight to these pieces of shit. Good point. So, the Jorah thing is, do you think he doesn't like Arstan and Belwas because he knows that Illyrio okay. is aware that he's a traitor? Here we go. And that he's trying to make sure that those two may be aware of the fact that he's was working for Robert. Something like that. No. You- I think he's a fucking cunt hypocrite. And that's the furthest thing from his mind. I think his fragile little ego is being damaged because he wants to be the number the one bird source, on her shoulder. The one who gives and her all Danny her is squealing in delight at the things that Arson yeah. is telling her about her father because he was there. I mean, we know this is Barry the Bolt. Barry was fucking there during King Aerys' fucking rule. See, and that's why I'm really excited for when the review. I was so upset and so, that it wasn't. No, this I don't. I, I I don't think there's any kind of. And I think or... I don't think that that's like wild to think. But no, in this instance, I think this is purely ego. He wants her, and someone is coming in and making her, making her, her happy. And yeah. yeah, and it's not him. And so he's sour. He wants her to trust no one but him. Right. And fuck you, you scumbag. Good. Yeah, no, that's basically but where I no, was at. Because I, I don't think... think he's thinking that far ahead. I think his dick is hard over this woman. And he's. Not, I, I think he's completely forgotten that he betrayed her and that he's a piece of shit yeah, yeah, as well. Because he's so obsessed. Right. right. And Robert's dead. You know, that, right. that secret so died okay. with him. Yeah. Right. And he's not in Westeros under the effects of the spider. So, and... 
Maybe that's where some of his inherent distrust of Illyrio is coming from, but I don't think Arston and Belwas. I think those are Arston here is getting close to the queen by providing this, and he doesn't like that at all. Right. And um, yeah, so she asks if he knew her brother Rhaegar. And oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, I had you had another one, yeah. another point. Um, he says that he knew Jaehaerys, Ares, 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 and she says, well, maybe. He wasn't so wrong, having treating the enemies harshly. And right, maybe you shouldn't make a king. As so an I enemy. just wanted to draw that parallel right. that she's she's not disagreeing. With Don't the make king. an enemy of a king. She is right. technically kind of, and so not to say oh mad king queen. No, no, Danny, no. But it's there's that's these how it starts. Highlighting these types of things that like well maybe that's not such a bad idea, and then next thing we know. Uh, Dickon Tarly's getting burned. Well, right. I mean, why wouldn't she apply that to herself when she's queen? Don't sure. make an enemy of me, and I won't have to destroy you. And that's a very dangerous Cersei way of thinking. Yeah, and, I mean, there's a line that can be teetered right. there, but, like, which way does she fall? And again, I think, and I could see why, why, why that's the biggest outcry of the show. The book deserves it and earns it. The show, obviously, was rushed completing the last seasons yeah, yeah, and the yeah. amount that they did, but... Here, there are these ooh, excuse yeah, and me, that's subtle I, seeds. I think it's important to highlight right. those throughout, just because that, that way she's it's... not. Yeah, she's not completely. I mean, <laughs> like our own president, she's not condemning this behavior of disgusting people right, right. and the things that they did. She's just saying, well, maybe you shouldn't piss them off. Yeah, which reminds me, go vote. Go vote. Go fucking vote. I voted today. Did you? Go vote. Hell yeah. I'm yeah. still waiting to uh, get my clearance in nice. my, my polling place, but I'll be doing that. Go Fucking vote. vote. Fucking anyway, vote. Yes. Uh, so yeah, she asks if he ever knew Rhaegar, and Barristan says, it is said that no man ever truly knew Rhaegar, but I did see him at tourney, and I did hear him play the harp. And again- Jorah scoffs, because again, he- He's talking right now like, oh, I, I saw him. I saw him here. Yeah, you have no oh, special you, claim. You and thousands of others. Yeah. Like, so what? You're nothing special. Next, you'll claim you squired for him. And again, Barristan. Oh. I claim no such thing. Sir Miles Mouton was Rhaegar's squired, and Richard Lawnmouth after him. Young Lord Connington was dear to the prince as well, but his oldest friend was Sir Arthur Dane. Fucking say some shit, bitch. Say some shit. Dude, so he goes right down the fucking yeah, line. Yeah, like, I'm By, not in that list. Because the funny thing is, is he knows every one of them personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really like that he said how his John, John Conton's little, because it was different. I it wasn't it. his I dearest friend. No, they're not BFFs. It was, He's he was, dear to him. Yeah. Uh, I heart it. I ship it. I love it. Anyway, Danny is like, ooh. The Sword of the Morning. I know Arthur Dane. Viserys yeah. used to talk to him in his crazy sweet blade, and that's awesome. He also said that Sir Arthur Dane was Rhaegar's only peer. And this is where Barristan, our white beard, so, bows and says, it's not my place to question a prince. And right. Danny corrects him to king and says he would have been king, yada, yada, yada. But what is it you mean? That's not the answer I expected. You can speak freely with me, sir. And he says basically that he saw him perform in a lot of tourneys, and many men perform in tourneys and wars. It's basically luck. No matter what, eventually there will be a battle where you fail. There is someone better than you. There always will be, whether it's a spot on the grass that you slip on or your horse shies away from something at the last minute. It's sort of luck of the draw. Which is also partially him saying, like, Rhaegar was fair. 
Yeah. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't – he was no Arthur Dane. Yeah. <laughs> like, so she asks what Rhaegar was truly like, and he says, able, determined, dutiful, single-minded. And then he says, I know a tale of Rhaegar, but perhaps your short, Sir Jorah knows it better. And she says, well, I'd hear it from you, which, again – sticks in Jorah's guy has to stick in Jorah's car. Yeah, like, yeah, no, you dude. tell me. No, you tell me. And we get this quick tale, which I basically summarized. Uh, bookish as fuck as a child, Rhaegar preferred reading over to playing with the other children. But no one knows what it is. Unnaturally so with the books. Right, right. He but, would consume yeah, but, books at a crazy rate. But we, no one knows what happened, what changed, or what he found in his scrolls. But one morning, he showed up in the yard where the men were putting on armor and getting ready to train. Went to the master at arms. Willem Derry, shout out. Willem Derry. And said that he required sword and armor, as it seems I must be a warrior. And um, it's just such a cool... What did he find? Right. Is this the dragon has three heads thing? I was was debating on whether I even wanted to pose you the question. uh, It's like one of those... It's one of the most highly debated things. And like... It, and it's so who cool. knows? Like, yeah. is it? Did he find just, something about the others? Uh, or? I mean, it could be as basic as you know, reading the uh, Dance with Dragons yeah, yeah. battle, or you know, it could be as prophetic as the you know, uh, who knows? But so. at this point, Whitebeard spots Belwas coming up, and he's bellowing that he's hungry, and he asks Danny's leave to go attend him, which she gives. And Jorah immediately, as soon as Arston walks away, is like, yeah, don't fucking trust him. Take all his words well salted, your grace. He plays you false. It's strange that he's old and a squire to that man. And So it is... Because uh, it, 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 Danny says it. It, it is so, so, It is strange that he is as knowledgeable as he is, as old as he is, as deft as he is, and it'll be pointed out later with his staff, but squiring for that dof. Right. Like... But she says, you know, you've saved my life from Robert's assassins. Arston has as well. So maybe Belwas is the next. Like, I get it. He's he's weird. He's unorthodox. Like, he's got his crazy criss-cut belly, but like... And I say again, done absolutely nothing yet so far, even pointed out by the queen herself, Khaleesi. Right. He's chilling. He's doing his job. He's no, coming and a- collecting her. Like... But he still hasn't done anything yet. I mean, he doesn't need to. He's fucking strong Belwas. And, uh, yeah, maybe he'll be the next one to save her. But then, just then, the wind picks up. And everyone's like, oh, fuck hey, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Hey, we're going. There and we go. so they begin heading on quicker. And it. So, as I mentioned earlier, we had watched Treasure Island. And now I just pictured them during these six days busting out into the We've Got Kevin Fever song. Yo, can we point out when we were watching that, you noticed it. But when Kermit and Miss Piggy are hanging from the fucking rope over the cliff, Miss Piggy's legs have no business being that, like, defined realistic and, and human realistic. Looking looking yeah, and, like, it's unsettling. It's weird. Go back and check, check a look at that, and then you're welcome for not being able to sleep tonight as you picture them. Because it's just fucking bizarre. Whoa. But later in her cabin, in the captain's cabin, which he so generously offered, saying that queens, even at sea, must be shown proper tribute. So this is this is very similar to Arya's trip to Bravo. Yes, yeah. with getting that that treatment. So is that? Do you think that has any kind of correlation? A queen being? I mean, Arya is like well, queen in my heart. Slay queen, but, like yeah. got it. But like, do you think that there's 
anything. Like, because obviously I don't want her in any way, shape, or form to be a queen other than the way she is. Currently. No, I mean, I think it's just you can equate it to the fact that there's, Powerful a, ch- there's a child wielding the power of a queen at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. She's getting cabins gifted to her just based Kite. on information and doing, yeah, yeah. stuff she has. But Danny's chilling naked on her bed, feeding her dragons as uh, Eerie is sleeping at the foot of her bed because it's her Gqui, turn. Yeah, it was her turn. Gqui's your been turn, doing it. slave girl. Yeah. You can't go to your own room and sleep in a fucking bed. You have to sleep at the foot of my fucking bed, dog. And she is teaching Drogon how to char his own meat, and it's That's dope. Cool. And there's a knock, and Jiqui, uh Hears heavy breathing, but goes uh, to the door and opens it anyway. Opens it, and it's Jorah, and Danny invites him in, wrapping herself up with her blanket. He's here to jor rape her. Yeah, I fucking... Fucking gross. Ah! And so, so she shows him jo- Drogon charring his own meat and when she commands Dracarys, of course, and tells him that Dracarys is Dragonfire and High Valyrian because she chose a command word that isn't like to be uttered often. Frequently, yeah. And so he asks her to speak alone, and Danny tells her handmaidens to leave. Red flag, red flag, please don't. But they do, and she covers herself as... Khaleesi, if you don't text in five minutes, we will come back in. It is known. I mean, that's why Jorah's here. You didn't respond to my goodnight text. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> but uh, he immediately starts saying he's worried. Sorry, I was texting. Uh, I was texting Arstead. Uh, he immediately starts saying he's worried about Whitebeard, Bellwas, and Illyrio. Yeah, he immediately brings up the the warlocks and their the their three threat. betrayals. And Not his own, of course. Not his own betrayal. Right, and that's it. You like, hypocritical cunt. It's fairly believed throughout the the fandom of the A Song of Ice and Fire that his betrayal is one of those three. Whether it's for love or for fucking power, money, whatever. I don't know. Fuck, yeah. fuck him. Fuck yeah. him. But the fact that he's like, it's just so ignorant. Like, I mean, I it's manipulative. Right he's word. he's clinging onto things that he knows are her worries as well. Like right. she's been kind well, of. because she has confided in him. Right. And, and so it's manipulative. He's absolutely. trying to twist her against them by bringing up these, oh, I remember these three betrayals. Remember said. these horrifying experiences Well, you it had. was Miri Mazdor was the first. There's two left. Well, two people just happened to come into it's our like life. It's like Jim Carrey in that, that fucking 13 number or movie. Whatever right, the fuck, right. Yeah, the two. He's like, oh, they like, fit the two. two plus my, if you subtract <laughs> one manticore from the two, like, yeah. fuck you, Jorah. And so they argue back and forth, but Danny reminds herself that he means well. He's coming from a place of love. Love, which is the only rapey love, the only ignorant thing, and not ignorant because she she wouldn't you know yet right, that right. this she's is. Not... But like, that's the only thing here is that she's not picking up on these because his eyes are go always going down to her breast because her covers are falling every now and then, and she's shifting him up, and he's just fucking creepy. And so he finally lays out his actual plan and why he came here. And saying that you don't need to be going to Pentos because you don't know if you can trust Arstan and Belwas. Or Illyrio. They're under control of Illyrio. Yep. We don't know if we can trust him. Yeah, Robert's dead, but Joffrey is still running around the sun. Like, who knows what's up? Um, so he says, to test the loyalty and obedience of her new subjects, command Captain Grolio to change course for Slaver's Bay. 
And she's like, what the fuck is there for me in Slaver's Bay? I've heard it's a shithole, horrible place. Yeah, but you can buy Unsullied. You there. can buy Unsullied. Which, her there. only experience in our uh, first-time readers with the Unsullied at this point are these fat, lazy yep. house guards over in Pentos. And he's like, no, let me tell you a little story. Uh, the 3,000 of cohort. Yeah, so basically a shitload of free riders. Um, sorry, sellswords. Uh, uh, were hired, the Second Sons, and I forget the other name one, yeah. um, to protect Kohor, and 50,000 50, uh, 50, charged them down, are, yeah. fucked them up, and the 3,000 hired Unsullied showed up the next day, put up a shield wall, bah. got taken down to 600 of them left, but took down, what, like 40,000? Yeah, there were the, 12,000. So uh, more than 12,000 Dothraki lay dead, including the, the Ka... Right, and, and, the all his sons and all his blood and riders, like, yeah. And so they all cut their braids and gave them to the Dothraki. And so and he was like, left, yeah. that is the force you need to go and buy. And she's like, but I don't have the money. And he's like, girl, I'm going to rape you later. But in the meantime, Ugh. you should sell all of Illyrio's shit on these boats. And he gives her this tale of, like, if he's actually loyal to you, then it's your stuff anyway. Why shouldn't somebody so wealthy be contributing to the wealth of his queen? Yeah. And he, again, he's manipulating her her beliefs and her thoughts. It's very, that's a very Vis, uh, Viserys thought. Yeah. Like, oh, it's mine anyway, and I'll use it how I want to use it. Um, I want to bring up a quick point here. Because one of our listeners mentioned it, and I'd rather mention it here. Do you think that Illyrio wants her to go and meet him to meet up with young Griff? That's one of the harder questions is, what is their plan with Viserys? And why did they marry Danny off to Khal Drogo? And the, the dragon eggs, what did Illyrio know? Because it seems like his, car, his and Varys' cards were set on Viserys. Right. And so... Were they? And was, like, is this something to do with why he wants her to come back? I, I think it could be. It could potentially be a marriage to young Griff. I, I suppose a big part of it's the fact that she now has three dragons. Right. But my question's also, what is Illyrio's connection to young Griff? So to here, yeah, that? I was going to say, here's my thinking along the path right now is that uh, Danny going with the Dothraki was their way to get the fuck rid of Danny and Viserys. Get him out of here. Right. Put Aegon. We want Marry young her Griff off, is yeah. yes. Then hopefully they'll just die out there in the fucking desert. Yep. Hope you know, hoping what happened to Viserys is what happened, and then just hoping that Danny would kind of fall in as this slave queen yeah. to these people, and not expect they had no expectations of fucking dragons coming back. And so now that that's occurred, they had young Griff, and so I think the plan is now kind of developed. Of he was our go-to. She now has the fucking dragons. Let's get them together. Yeah. And so I do feel like there's potential that that was yeah, the, could the plan here. But So she uh, she asks what happens if Grolio refuses. And he says, well, perhaps you best go and ask him and find out. And so she says, I will. And she hops up saying she'll go see him now. And her covers fall as she heads over to her chest to Immediately begin dressing. Immediately grabs some pants, throws those on. And asks for her vest and belt as Jora slid his arms around her. And all she manages is a little O oh before he's kissing her. Uh. She, her mouth opened to his, even though she didn't tell it to, and she notes that his beard is rough and coarse, but he is, his mouth is sweet, and it's a long kiss. She knows not how long, but when they pull away, she thinks he should not be doing this. I am his queen, not his woman. And 
Now, that's... Let's pause right there. That's her whole thought. That's it. Right? Because, like, she's, she's only ever kissed Khal Drogo. Yep. Only. Ever. Other than if her fucking sick brother right. fucking did his sick shit. This is not something she's used to. She's used to Khal Drogo, her husband, taking her, which it's also been stated by... And, I mean, again, there's limits by George Martin that, like, Drogo in her first sex scene was consensual, I guess. Granted, again, there's the age and all that shit, but this world is this world. This is just a him taking advantage of a fucking child. Yeah. And she didn't – it was – she hadn't quite registered – this is not okay yet. Yeah. It just was, like, such a surprise. Got you, bitch. Like, you deserve to be fucking castrated and then strung up on the front of a ship for days to get sunburnt until the blisters are there getting eaten by the fucking birds. She starts to tell him you should not have, and he cuts her off saying, I should not have waited so long. You were made to be kissed well and often. And his eyes are on her breasts at this point, so she covers them up with her hands. Good girl. And tells him, I am your queen. And she says, and he says, my queen, my brave, the bravest, smartest, most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And can we point out poor, uh, his ex, his ex-wife that fucking sent him to ruins. This is probably what he did to her, too. Yeah. No I, wonder she tried to get the fuck away we, from We kind of glossed over it, but Barry did a, a dig at him earlier about it. Oh, and yeah. And Danny even thinks on it about his wife, about how there. she's the one who ruined him. And it's just such an interesting, let's blame the woman. Yeah, because I and, think that at that tourney, which we she was like, she noticed he was there at that tournament. He yeah. saw him fight for She gifted him. Uh, Liness or whatever her name is, I can't think of it right now. Uh, gave him her her fancy, sure, her favor, uh, yeah, yeah. and he won the tournament, and they married. But it was that oh, that obsession with him, where he's like, "I've got this pretty girl, she's mine. We're married. You must." And like he tried providing, but he was just gross and creepy. And fuck off, Jorah. Like, yeah, and then just off. to blame her. Oh, it ruined him. Uh, yeah, fuck off. Yeah, but yeah. He again now commits the cardinal sin for me as well saying the dragon has three heads you've wondered at that since hearing at it about it in the warlock's palace well here is your meaning three dragons three riders and he brings up Aegon and his sister wives riding their dragons and Danny says yeah but my brothers are all dead and he says yes they are but you can take husbands and I tell you truly, there is no man in all the world who will ever be half so true to you as me. So, first of all, that's already false. Second of all, Jorah just admit to wanting to be a sister Did Jorah just imply that he wants to ride a fucking dragon? A, whoever Did that just pour out of your cunt hole, Jorah? Did that just pull out of your fucking... Dude, he... In a world of Tyrions and Jon Snows, you think you're going to climb on a fucking dragon? He wants to be a sister husband. He wants, like... No, he, he doesn't. On a dragon. He, he, he wants he her... He wants to rape this he, child. He wants to ride a dragon her, with her. He wants to tell her whatever she thinks she ne- he can to get her to... Oh! Yo, he would kill the third. 
Just so that way Absolutely. there isn't a third round. No, he could It's just he him could, and her. He could never yeah. handle a third. Yeah. Ever. Fuck you, Jorah. Fuck you, Jorah. Fuck you, Jorah. So Zach's inductee is Jorah. Fuck you, Jorah. God damn it. And How it, are you the son of that beautiful, brilliant man up north? I mean, Jorah's got his problems too, but he's not a fucking child rapist, I don't think. I might be wrong. Who knows? Who knows why I guess end to the wall. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but I don't think that it's because he fucking raped a child. Anyway. You sick fuck. And claim, and like claim, oh, I'm I'm the one who's true to you. Fuck you. You were fucking lying to her for the entire what, th- first yeah. book, you and this piece of second shit. book. And now this book. Well, right. But now it's just, you know, he's he's true to her now. So let's skirt all that. That didn't happen. I'm going to cry when Barry reveals his identity and Jorah just fucking... Oh shit, my pants! I hate him. Fuck him. I'm glad dude. he gets fucking beaten and shit. We and need dance. to take a fucking breathing break so that we can, you know, and then we can reset and convene our small council, get some inductees, read some inductees, mention some inductees that we've got for last other episode. Like, let's we'll see you in the small council. Settle down a little bit. Fuck you, Jorah. A little. Don't re- hype yourself up, or we're going to have to just go back into the breathing techniques. So just in. Uh, anyway, Danny's on her way to Astropor, Slaver's Bay. We're going to be getting some Unsullied. Which, like, and that's the thing that sucks is, like, that's not a bad idea. It's not a bad plan. Yeah, and it, and it works out in certain ways. But, like, it's coming from a creepy fucking pedophile. And, like, I don't want to say it's a good idea when it's coming from a creepy fucking pedophile. So, like. Right. Anyway, you got an inductee for Danny one? Uh, no, not yet. All right, cool. Mine's going to Captain Girl Leo, just yeah. because uh, he graciously offers his cabin, tells her, you know, even at sea, a queen should be presented proper tribute. He apologizes for having a big tugboat of a ship that can't move very fast and then fucking takes advantage of the wind as soon as it does. Whether or not he's playing her at the behest of Illyrio, we may or may not ever know. But he's serving her well, and he gave her his cabin without any any issue. And yeah, you know what? True. I like him, and I like his name. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I think we need a good ship captain. And so grow Leo. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to give mine to John Connington, John Con- who got a nice little shout-out this, this chapter with being dear to Rhaegar, but not his absolute best friend ever. BFFs for life. They have bracelets. They got bracelets. Arthur Dane and Rhaegar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but... John Con and Rhaegar have heart-shaped pendants. John Con, yeah, with each other's picture in it. Right. right. So I'm going with John Con because I I can't wait for John and Connington. John chap- and Connington. John and Con. John and Connington the third. Uh, John Con chapters are gonna be fucking sweet. I so. heart him. John Con. John Con. Anyway, we've got some lovely inductees from our friends all over the place. I'm gonna start out with one that was for last chapter, Johnny Boy, John One, and this is from our. Friend and Corey over at the Dreadfort. And he says, hey guys, my inductee is Tormund Giantsbane. It was a quick introduction, but he's definitely a man's man. Would love to crush a few horns of ale with him. Would be amazing if his storyline and the Hound, if alive, crosses in a battle or on wing night at the Crossroad Inn. That'd be sweet. I want some wings now, though. Woo! Anyway, uh, you have one from our little buddy there. 
Yeah, just read. Read what's yeah, going yeah, on. Right. So, yeah, Corey's so Corey's email. also got one from uh, for Danny here. This is such an important chapter, not only in Storm of Swords, but for the entire series. What if Danny decided to continue her journey to Pentos? Mm. She would have never raised an army, freed thousands of slaves, and even ruled Marine. Why did Illyrio want her back? To arrange another wedding? Maybe to Young Gruff? Young Gruff. Young Gruff. Young Gruff. Hey, uh, give me those dragons. <laughs> give me them dragons for now. Uh, young Griff, who knows? He was torn between two inductees, the Dothraki for having the balls to sail on the poison water, or Whitebeard for the history lesson during Ares II reign. Also, the reference to Arthur Dane and John Connington being dear to Rhaegar. Love it. I got that. But at the end of the day, anyone who can piss off Sir Jorah will get my inductee to Whitebeard, the world's oldest squire. Barry. So. Barry the Bold. Wonderful. And, yeah, I'm glad that you went with Barry so that I could take uh, John Connington. So let's finish up this email. Is Bruce Bolton a vampire? Nope. I would like to have opinion, but we small folk try to steer clear yeah, of the local safe. politics. Cheers, Corey from the Dreadful. Yeah, we're not going to try to make you answer that question we and would put never, yourself in danger. Ever. As Nate's about to try to some fucking scumbaggy, loophole bullshit way do... You don't have to answer it. We would never try to get you to get killed by a vampire. Oh, my fucking God. Nor by Listen your to lord. this fucking tool. Did you... Julian made a post about it. He, I, I, I'm, I'm not on Facebook, so I don't know what... I didn't see the post. I showed it and to so you. And so... did see it, Julian. There are theories that there is potential. You should look into them. There's they're, a theory that there's potential. Lovely. I'm about to slam your face off this fucking desk. <laughs> I'd like to read Thank that you, one. Corey, from the Dread Fort. Stay safe. Don't answer any stupid questions. Vampires. From my co-host. I said vampires. Uh, we also heard from our favorite French fry, Julian. Julian. He says, hello. Hell. Such a creep. I was like, why is Danny getting naked in front of Uncle Jorah? And then she already was naked. Shit. Right. Danny was chilling. Yeah. Like, it's she her was room. In, yeah. It's she her was close in friends. And then, holy shit, that felt weird. He wants to be a dragon rider. LOL. I'm sorry, but hell no. Well right, done. right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, besides that creepiness, I really like the influence battle between Barristan, Arston, and Jorah. Very much in Danny's story was about influence in the TV show. I am hoping it will be even better throughout the books so I can embrace her chapters. It will be. Dude, it's so much better. In Duck D side, I think the one I want the, at the table is Rhaegar. Yes. Early smart. And deep in the books, so he could get wise before becoming a warrior. The Targaryen the world deserved. Shame on you, Bobby B. Have a nice evening there, my friends. Val Rhaegar do Harris. Thank you, sir. I love Rhaegar. Uh, He's like one of the. Anytime there's those questions of like, who's the character like you wish you could see a POV or hear from, it would be Rhaegar for me. Like I or bring back. Because I just think he's super interesting. He's an enigma. Yeah. And I'd love having him in the Brotherhood. And I heart him in John Con. And I heart him being the heart player. And Danny's reaction to him is always super cool because she gets the father, who is crazy and scary, and the brother, who's this warrior, but is really actually this seemingly intellect, gentle and kind yeah, yeah. and intellect man. So it's cool. Intellect man. It's cool. Intellect man. Unlike my co-host Completely over here, the opposite <laughs> of me. So thank you, Julian. Thank you, Corey. Yeah. If you would like to send us in some inductees, you can do so. So I was thinking about it. Yeah. We also haven't explained really the inductee system in a long time. So if this is your first episode, 
Our inductees are people that just, when we're reading the chapters, we think stand out and we want to bring into this brotherhood here oh, of ours. And not just people. It could be... Oh, right. Any uh, moment you know, or people, object, chairs, symbolism, objects, sim- whatever you want. Things. But anything in the chapter that stood out to you as being a cool moment, badass moment, whatever. Ridiculous moment. And we like to moment. just draw attention to it and call them our inductees into the brotherhood and bring them in. We so induct them into the brotherhood. Corey and Julian did for us and Nate and I provide one of our own for a chapter. So if you would like to do that, you mm-hmm. can write us in at our email without manners brotherhood at gmail.com you can also find us on all the social medias facebook.com slash brotherhood podcast i am on twitter nate at manners without zach is over there on twitter at carstark 92 sometimes yeah uh, we're also on instagram we have an at manners without over there and then our patreon patreon.com slash without manners gives you access to the private facebook group um, what else we got? Anything else there? Our website, www.brotherhoodwithout.com. Rates and reviews are cool. Rates um, and reviews are lovely on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Breaker, Spreaker. The, I don't know. There's a million of those. The, the world of America is still falling apart, so vote, stay yo, safe. Definitely vote. Fucking for the love of God. Because Black vote. Lives Matter, and we need to get this fucking psycho out of the yo, office. Yo, orange is sus, so vote him out. <laughs> like, let's, let's be real here. Got so, it. Uh, I think that's it for another episode. Vote, vote, vote. Join us next time for Brand 1, Brand's first chapter in A Storm of Swords. So we're going to get into some war gang yeah. leaving Winterfell shit. Send us some sweet inductees. Who's after Brand? do you know? Davos 2. Davos 2, our first, second point of view chapter. Eee! So I, uh, before we shut down, I did want to mention that our guests are currently lined up to start appearing as we hit third point of views so as we're hitting certain characters third point of view those are some of the chapters that some of our guests are interested in and so it's coming up quick and so we'll be announcing some of those names very very soon and I think that covers it we'll catch you on the next one Bella Harris peace